This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. Philippians chapter 3, verse number 7. And um, I'll jump in just for a moment, but I want to kind of just tell you how we landed here at All That Matters. When, um, when I first got this this thought when I first received the vision for this year, I, um, I called it something else. I felt like the word that I first got was a glorious obsession. I felt like what God was saying to me and to our church was I want you to be obsessed with the things of God. I don't know if you've ever been around somebody that's obsessive, somebody that obsesses with their hobby or obsesses with their business or a person, weirdo. Um, but you see someone that's obsessed. I feel like God was calling us to have an obsession with the things of God. To be obsessed with the things of heaven. And so I had this thought and I brought it to the team. And, and I think it was Aaron in the back that said, why don't we call it, instead of glorious obsession, why don't we just say all that matters. It's really just all that matters in life is, is Jesus. And I started thinking about the spirit of this message really comes from two lives for me. Number one, it comes from Jesus. Jesus lived a life where he was obsessed with God. He was obsessed with the mission that God had for his life. In fact, one time, Jesus, the disciples come to him, and they're like, Jesus, you need to eat, man. You look, you look hungry. And he says, guys, I, I have food to eat of that you don't even know of. And he's not talking about some cupboard in the back. He literally was fueled by doing the work of God. He was fueled by living for Jesus. So he's saying, what literally fills my soul and fills my tank is completing the task God has for my life. I love that because I also see that in Paul. Remember Paul the Apostle, before he was a church builder, he was a Christian killer. Before he was used by God, he was against God. Proving that nobody in our life, I don't care, family member, co-worker, friend, no one in our world is too far gone from Jesus. God can soften anybody's heart. Somebody say amen. Come on, somebody's just clapping. Thank God for the grace and the love of Jesus which can soften anybody's heart today. So Paul literally gets his life changed. He's on this road. God gets a hold of his life. And then he just goes from being radical against God to radical for God. I like people that get saved, saved. Not like Sunday school saved. I'm talking about saved. Like saved from some stuff. I like people that get saved because they become radical for the things of God. Because they know what that old life tastes like. They know the emptiness. And I have this friend that she's a great prolific worship leader. She says, whenever I'm leading worship, I, can, I, can, I go after the 16-year-old version of myself. Because I can still remember the metallic taste of sin. And I'm trying to go after somebody that hasn't experienced the love of Jesus in this way. When you get saved, all of a sudden you're like, man, I tried this, I tried that, I tried the other. It all left me empty. It all left me craving more. And so now all that matters is living for God. Nothing can satisfy. Nothing can heal. Nothing can complete like God can. I want to preach a message today. Really the theme of our year is just all that matters. Watch here. This is Paul the Apostle. The man that was radically saved, Philippians chapter 3, if you're with me, say yeah. yeah. Say it louder, say yeah. yeah. Philippians 3 verse 7, yet all of the accomplishments that I once took credit for, I've now forsaken them and I regard it all as nothing. 
compared to the delight of experiencing Jesus Christ as my Lord. To truly know Him meant letting go of everything from my past and throwing all my boasting on the garbage heap. It's all like a pile of manure to me now, so that I may be enriched in the reality of knowing Jesus Christ and embrace Him as the Lord in all of His greatness. I grew up hearing this scripture said this way. Paul used to say, all the things I once count as gain, I now consider them as loss. What used to be important to me now doesn't matter to me at all. What I used to get really excited about, now it doesn't move me or sway me because now what's really important to me is Jesus. Jesus defines me. He's my identity. He's now my life. So those once, the things that I once considered as the best, I now consider them as nothing because what's really important to me is God. I love this because Paul also echoes, he becomes obsessed with God. Paul echoes this in Galatians 2.20. We like this verse so much, we put it on this year's t-shirt. Look at this, Galatians 2.20. Watch what he says. He says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the body, I now live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. In other words, what Paul the Apostle is saying, he's saying, I used to live for myself. I used to live for my agenda. I used to be obsessed with my dream. But now, just like Jesus died, I died. And now the only thing I live for is Him. Now the only thing that I'm concern, concerned with is the things of God. I want to preach a message. And listen, it's important today that I teach you. I'm going to teach you as good as I can today. But more than teaching you, I want you to catch the spirit of this message. The spirit of all that matters. Because I believe that as we catch the spirit of this message, we're going to walk out and fulfill the call of God that God has on our church and on our lives. Somebody say amen. Right down the title of today really is the title of Vision Sunday. All that matters. Let's pray. Let's believe that God will come and speak to us. Jesus, we thank you today. Thank you that you are so loving and so kind and so good and so gracious. We are mindful together, God, that you're for us and you're with us. God, we are asking on a day like today, open up our eyes so we can really see you. Open up our ears so we can really hear you. Do the unique, profound thing that only you can do in these moments. Holy Spirit, speak to every person a word that they need to hear today. We thank you for it. And God, we are celebrating that all that matters to you is that the Lakers win the NBA championship this year. We declare it in Jesus' name. In el nombre de Jesus. And everybody said together. Come on, let's clap and thank Jesus together, everybody. Come on, don't get stingy with your clap. Thank Jesus for the Lakers. By the way, some girl shaking her head like he is so dumb for real. I'm dumb, but I'm right. Okay, so um, did y'all know we released uh, the Spanish version of Be Okay Today? Come on, la cucaracha. Despacito for Jesus. We got it going on. So get on there. I don't know what one word says, but I'm into it, okay? So get on to It's called a star BN. Buenos dias. Okay. Okay. I'm just going to jump right in. Write down number one. What matters most is he loves me. Write down that number one today. What matters most in life is that you understand that God loves you. I'll tell you the most, I cannot emphasize this enough, the most important thing in your life is that you'd come to an understanding, a revelation, a knowledge that God loves you. 
Even when you don't feel lovable, God still loves you. Even when people around you don't love you, God still loves you. Even when you looked at something you should have looked, shouldn't have looked at, touched something you shouldn't have touched, done something you shouldn't have done. Even when you feel like you're gross, you're grotesque, you're the worst, you got bad behavior, God still draws near. He still loves. My Bible says nothing can separate me from the love that is in Christ Jesus. Come on, am I preaching to anybody that has experienced the love of God? Paul says it this way, neither height, nor depth, nor power, nor principality, nor angel, nor nothing can separate you from the love of God. This is the tactic of the enemy to get you to believe that you're not lovable or you're not as loved as you used to be. No, no, I want to tell you today, God loves you just the way you are. God is, before you get obsessed with him, he's already obsessed with you. He is, he is watching your life. He knows how many hairs are on your head. He knows when you stand up and sit down and go out and come in. He is fully acquainted with all your ways. The Bible says more than the sands of the seas, so are the thoughts of the Lord towards you. He is in the most important thing is that you come to a security that God loves me. Even if your behavior is wacky, even if you're in a funk, even if you are addicted, even if you're not in a good season right now, you can just be secure. God loves you. God, I know that I know God loves me. Why do I know that God loves me? Watch here. This is the promise of Jesus. Look here in the book of Luke and watch what Jesus says. Luke chapter 19. The Son of Man, talking about himself. Jesus, the Son of Man, has come to seek out and give life to those who are lost. So Jesus, in our lostness, comes after us. He does not wait for us to come to church services. He does not wait for us to get right. He comes and finds us, and I'll tell you, even if you get found and you get lost again, he can come find you again. Because he's committed. He's a God of love. You should rest secure. You should just be at ease today, just knowing that God loves you. Your whole life, all of your behavior stems out of your believing that God loves you. If you don't believe that God loves you today, you will fall into legalism. You will fall back into the law. You will think that you got to do more and get good and act right and be holy and be Christian for God to love you more. That is the wrong theology. That is going back to the law. No, you ought to rest assured today. God loves you even when you're not good, even when you're in a bad place and you don't know the, the right way to go. That's grace. Rest secure and God, the most important thing today, it's not going, all that matters to me is God. No, you have to build a foundation the right way. Uh, the theology of our foundation is that God loves me. If you don't build right, we'll have to tear down your wrong belief about God so we can build it up right. The, the foundation of our lives is built on the premise, God loves me. He's for me. He died for me. He's with me. He shed his blood. He chose me in, in spite of who I was. And when I was lost, he went after me. The foundation of our life, you got to rest secure in the love of Jesus Christ. One of the things I love about my wife is oftentimes we will be talking together and she'll refer to couples or she'll refer to people and she'll often say this phrase, you know, she'll say, but you know what, I'm secure in their love for us. I'm secure in so-and-so's love for me. What's she saying? Because I'm secure in their love for me, I can be myself. 
I can really be, I can, I can be vulnerable. I can be, tra- I don't have to fake it. And insecurity will always try and get you to behave right and act right when you're not right. But when you're secure, you can just say, I know God loves me. I know I don't even love myself right now, but I know that God loves me. Come on, anybody thankful today that you can be overwhelmed by the reality. You ought to clap a little louder than that, Zoe. Don't give them a golf clap. Thank Jesus we are caught up in the love of God. And guess what? Write down number two. His love is what changes me and changes my priorities. What changes you? What changes you? Love will change you. Hatred will not. Hatred will drive you to behave crazy, but it won't change you. What really changes us is an understanding, a a, a revelation, a knowledge of how much somebody loves you. When you find out how much somebody loves you, it changes you. Feeling shame, feeling guilt, feeling condemnation, feeling bad never changed anybody. That's why the law could never deliver us. The law only taught me how bad I was, but it couldn't change me. Only a Savior could change me. Jesus changed me. The law just showed me how bad I was, but Jesus got a hold of me and changed my life. That's why the Bible says it's his kindness that leads us to what? Change. Repentance. It's how good he is, how kind he is, how awesome he is that leads us to making change. So his love changed my life. I just got back. We were in Napa Valley for two days. I gained seven pounds all in my calves, okay? So seven pounds, seven pounds. I came back. I felt awful. You ever eat so much you feel bad about yourself? You eat so much you start talking to yourself like you're crazy? Like you are so stupid, for real? What makes you think you can eat like that? You're not 24. Like I got mad at myself. But feeling bad never changed nobody. Grace Love, kindness changes us. And not only does it change us on the inside, it changes our priorities. So in in other words, when you really love someone, when you really love something, the love overwhelms you. You change your priorities. I'll never forget when I got married. The moment I got married, my priorities changed. The moment my first daughter was born, my six-year-old Georgia, the moment she came out, I felt my priorities change. The moment we birthed our church three years ago, I knew it. The day we birthed the church at One Oak, the club, I knew my priorities changed. We ended up at One Oak. But, um, but whenever you have love, love changes your priorities. What used to matter to you doesn't matter anymore. Because now what matters is this person. Now what matters is this little human. Well, now what matters is this, this business. The, now what matters is this church you started. Because love changes priorities. When Julie and I got married, she came to me and she says, babe, she's like, babe, we don't have any hobbies together. We need, we need to find a hobby together. We don't have anything in common. We need to get a hobby together. She does not talk like that, by the way. <laughs> and so she threw out all these white people ideas. She was like, what about canoeing or kayaking or, like, scrapbooking? I was like, do you think I go to REI? Never stepped foot in it a day. So she threw out all the white people options. I was like, no, 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 no. Ted, great idea, no. And I was like, finally, she was like, what? This is only God. She was like, well, what about football? And I was like, Jesus, you are so real. You are, you're, ama- you're amazing. And I was like, I'll go with football for 100. Yes. So she's like, she's like, what if we make, like, the University of Washington football team, like, our hobby? 
was like, you're the most beautiful, amazing, talented, incredible person I've ever met in my life. Even last night, we, she fell asleep on the couch watching the, the Washington Husky football game. But I just, I, I love that. Because when we fell in love, she started to say, your priorities are my priorities. You cannot step into a relationship with God and be like, oh, that's what you value. I'm going to stay over here with my values, with what I, what I care about. No, when you get saved by grace, you just go, God, whatever you're about, I'm about. Whatever you value, I value. If it's important to you, it's important to me. So, God, if you love mercy, so do I. If you're into justice, I'm a justice person. If you care about widows and orphans and people that don't have food to eat, well, then so do I. Because when you fall in love with Jesus, his priorities become your priorities. People that never would have thought they had a chance at the gospel and grace, now you, because you see God loves them, you want to love them. Because you cannot fall in love with Jesus and not have an exchange of priorities. Paul says, I died to myself. I died to my agenda. I died to my values. I died to what I used to do. Now I just say, God, here is my time. Here is my talent. Here is my treasure. Here is my life. In fact, Paul says this in Philippians chapter 1, verse 21. I love this. He says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. So in other words, what he's saying is if i got to live here on this God-forsaken earth, then I'm just going to live for Jesus to the best of my ability. But if I die, I go to a better place. I don't know about you, but as I look around the world, I can't wait to go to heaven. Anybody else? Seven people are excited for heaven. Is anybody excited for heaven? There you are. I love Paul. It's like if I live, I live for Jesus. If I die, I'll go to such a greater place. So if I'm living, it's for God. If I die, I get to be with God. All of that is an exchange of going, before I knew grace, my priorities were all out of what? Have you ever wasted time before? You ever wasted time, a year of your life, two years of your life, thinking that this relationship will go somewhere, this business endeavor will go somewhere? You ever wasted a whole bunch of time? I saw this last week that Fortnite is now the cause of many divorces. I said, Jesus, help me. And it's, look, I'm all for hobbies. I'm not against Fortnite. But Unless it's causing you to get divorced. <laughs> Some guys in the back are like, yeah, pray for me. <laughs> Deliverance in Jesus' name. Bring your Xbox, donate it. Anyways. Um, but for real. Um, but we don't want to live lives where we, where we don't really live for what matters most. Paul's like, I, I just, if I'm living, it's for Jesus. If I die, I go to such a better place. Woo, can't wait. But if I'm here, it's, it's like God. I'm, I'm all in on God. Because God is so good, all that matters to me is what matters to him. 
I just wrote down four things that I felt like God is saying to our church this year. You can write them down if you'd like. I just believe God is saying this year we need to be focused on souls to be saved, disciples to be made, leaders to be raised up, and the church to be built. It's just what I feel like God is saying to Zoe. Souls to be saved. Why? Because there's nothing that God loves more than people. God is obsessed with souls. Did you, did you read Luke 19? He came to seek and to save lost people. Why? Because he wants to tell them how bad they are? No, because he wants to throw his arms around them and say, I love you. I died on a cross for you. I forgive you. Come on, clap today if you got a heart for people that don't know the reality and the love of Jesus. Come on, y'all help me this morning. Souls to be saved. And not only souls to be saved, I felt like God say disciples to be made. That's why it's so important that you join a connect group. Because church services are awesome. But where you get discipled, where you find true freedom is in small groups. It's not in a service. It's at a connect group. So you got to find a connect group near you so you can get around other people. They're going to pray for you. People you can be honest with. Take the mask off. Stop playing games like you got it all together when you don't. And start being real and authentic and genuine and sincere. That happens in small groups. So souls say, disciples may, leaders to be released. Just love that story. Jesus walks in the city and he looks and he's like, I think it's like LA. He's like, he starts crying and he's like, guys, these people look like sheep without a shepherd. And then another translation, he goes, pray, pray to God for the harvest is plentiful, but the workers, the leaders are few. In other words, we have a bigger problem than we do solution right now. So pray that God will raise up and release leaders. I pray that if you're a part of our church, we release you into your God-given destiny and what God has fashioned you and formed you and created you to do. Come on, somebody, thank God today. We're going to release you into that idea, into that business, into your calling. And for the church to be built, I love this one because Jesus said that the church is his. He said, I will build my church. So the church belongs to God and he's the one that's building it. Have you ever been to bad church before? Tell the truth to shame the devil. You ever gone to bad church? I've been to bad church services so much I walked in and be like, mm -mm, God don't even come here. He did not show up. God would be appalled. He would walk in and be like, no, this is not what I vision. No, stop it. Shut the whole thing down. Give it to Zoe. Hello. Okay. But anybody love good church? Oh, come on. I love good church where it's alive and fun and laughter and celebration. And there's faith. And there's an atmosphere of expectation. And God's doing something. And people are together in unity. Come on. Anybody believe? Souls saved. Disciples made. Leaders released. The church. To be Come on. Just give God a clap and thank him in advance. It's what we're walking into this year. And when, when I say yes to Jesus, he changes me so much that what is important to him now becomes the defining thing to me. And I give up my petty, small agendas to say yes to his big ideas. And God somehow, I don't know how he does this, but he, write down number three, he allows me to share the vision. I don't know why he does this because I'm not perfect. I've got issues. I don't know all the answers of the scriptures. But God uses ordinary people like me and you to somehow, some way, share the love of God. To prove to people if God did it for somebody like me, I just want to encourage you he could do it for somebody like you. 
I was, I was broken. I was messed up. I was, I was in the worst position, and God pulled me. Some of you are here today. You shouldn't even be alive. But God, by his outstretched hand, pulled you out of the worst situation, set your feet upon a rock, and now you're here praising him because not you're so good. Come on, Zoe. God is so good. And God, in his uniqueness, allows you to become an ambassador, to become a spokesperson, to become a representative of the love of Jesus. So everywhere you go, there's... There's this, people in L.A. don't understand. They're like, oh, my God, I love your energy. Your vibes are sick. Your vibes are crazy. Like, I vibe with you. Okay, well, thanks for Whole Foods, but no. It's not my energy. It's just God did something. Like, I was a broke, messed up pastor's kid. That got radically saved by Jesus. And, he cha- and I just want to share the vision that God has for other people. That if God did it for me, he could do it for you. And the Bible says this beautiful thing that you and I now, once we receive his grace, we now become this representative. Look here on the screen, 2 Corinthians. And this is Paul talking still. We're focusing a lot on Paul because he embodies all that matters. 2 Corinthians 2.14. God always makes his grace visible in Christ. Who includes us as partners of his endless triumph. Through our yielded lives, he spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere we go. We have become the unmistakable aroma of the victory of the anointed one to God. We have become the, un- the unmistakable aroma. I sometimes I walk in the house and I'm like, you just changed a diaper, didn't you? That's Maverick. Like, I, I'm not that good. I'm kidding. <laughs> but the unmistakable, some parents are laughing, like, oh, that's so good. <laughs> Single people are like, I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> Let's go back to Whole Foods. Um, but we become the unmistakable aroma of Jesus. And I don't know why. I know you might be here like, dude, you have no idea what I did last night, what I've been going through. Like, God can't use somebody like me. That's the lie that the enemy wants you to believe. Because all you have to do is yield your life. And God can do something with you that you never dreamt for yourself. You, you do realize that God has a bigger dream for you than you do. We now, everywhere we go, somehow God lets us emit this fragrance, this aura. I was in Alabama this last year, and um, I was at this arena, and in this arena, they, um, they put out this smell, this, this beautiful fragrance. And I, I, in the arena, I was like, I've never been in an arena that smelled good. And it was with Church of the Highlands, and they said, well, this is our Highland smell and so every campus, every location we have, we plug in these diffuse, this smell, and it just goes through all of our locations. So we did it here at the arena. I said, shoot, I'm getting that for Zoe. We're going to have our Zoe smell. So now when you walk through our lobby, you smell, it smells like Jesus in there, okay? Smell like heaven, a.k.a. the Edition Hotel. But anyways, but, but everywhere you and I go, we're, I hope we're putting off a fragrance and an aura that represents the good news, not a stench that is... 
oppulsive to people. Where people go, I, I want to be around self-righteousness. I don't want to be around such hypocrites. I don't want to be around that. No, I hope I'm putting out something where people are drawn to the love of God. Where they say, what is it about you? What is it about the way you act and the way that you go through hard times and still smile? Hopefully you and I can be representatives of the love of Jesus. That's the prayer that we have we get to share in this vision. The last thing, worship team, you can come join me. The last thing I want you to write down on Vision Sunday, write down number four. I love this, this thought today. Number four, put it up there on the screen. Nothing else matters. Living for God is everything. Nothing else in life really matters because what really matters is living for God. And I pray that this year things that we used to think mattered so much will, through the grace of God, become so small and so little to you. Because if you think about it, nothing really matters more than living for God. Just share a few verses, and then we'll end today. I love these truths. This is Paul the Apostle talking in Acts 20, 24. However, he says, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. In other words, Paul's going, guys, I don't even consider my life, I don't hold it so close to me. I wonder how many of us were holding on to our lives, taking ourselves so seriously. When true living happens, when you just lay down your life and you live for God. Paul had, I, I wish it could have been there, on the road, his experience. He gets radically saved. Jesus does such a work in his life. He's like, I've, I found the true way to live. The true way to live is just to Offer my life to God and say, God, I don't live for anything else but you. He says this in Romans 12. Look up on the screen. Romans 12, verse 1. He says this exact spirit. Look at it again. Romans 12. I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. I, I really don't think that you start living until you die to yourself. Once you lay down your life, all of a sudden you become alive. You get identity, you get purpose, you get passion. And the enemy would do everything within his power to try and stoop you to believing this matters, that matters, this is important. Oh, you need some of this, you need some of that. No, no, no. Nothing else matters besides Jesus. And when you get Jesus as the main thing, everything else takes care of itself. Everything else falls into place. But the lie is to go, you need this much, and you need that, and you need some of this, and you, you're not happy because you, haven't this, you don't have this adventure. You need this relationship. I'll tell you, you need one relationship. You need a relationship with Jesus. You need to say yes to grace, yes to the cross, yes to the love of God, yes to, to what he wants to do in your life. I tell you, you start living the true life that God has for you. Nothing else matters more than living for God. It's the main thing. It's the main thing. All that matters is this. All that matters. And I, I just, I got to be honest with you. I feel like this word is not just for us. It's for me. 
And I walked in this year going, God, I know what you're saying to my life. I know that I'm getting ready to be 39. I know we're getting ready to go into the third year of our church. And I know that you're asking me more than any other season of my life to say all that matters is this thing right here. It's Jesus. I just love God so much. I I love this about Jesus. John 15, Jesus goes, I am the vine, you are the branches. He says, anything that bears fruit, I prune back so that it can grow more. I just hear me. If you don't go to our church, you're like, dude, you're weird. You're like a white guy that wants to be black so bad. I get it. I am. I get it. Facts on facts on facts. Whatever. No shame. Snoop Dogg did this to me. It's his fault. But if I can be honest with you, I felt like God was saying, I mean, three years? We've seen 4,500 people say yes to Jesus in our church since we started. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I think in our college, we've got 45 students right now at Zoe Leadership College. I think today, our, our music released about five weeks ago, and with the Star BN, we'll probably hit a million streams. On our, on our music, I think you see some unbelievable things. You know, I feel like God's saying to Zoe, don't look at this, don't look at that, don't look at this. All that matters is being obsessed with God. And if I could further the thought, we're not going to be a church that we're so about the mission. Oh, man, soul saved, disciples made, leaders released, church, oh, Slow your roll, Timmy. That's not for us. Because what we're doing is we're just responding to grace. And we're not saying the mission matters the most. We're saying Jesus matters the most. Love for God. Receiving His grace. Come on, can you clap and thank God on Vision Sunday?